heroes. Highlights and hardships with Triple M's Rush Hour. Welcome to the Rush Hour Three H's podcast, where we unpack a hero, a hardship, and a highlight with one of our star friends. And we've got Chris Lawrence in studio. Chris, great to have you. Yeah, really good to um, be here. Thanks for having me, mate. First of all, I mean, you've had uh, over two hundred and fifty games with the Tigers. Tell us a hero, either on or off the footy park. What was what was your hero growing up? Um, yeah, I think well, growing up for me, it's a it's a really good question because I think my hero has probably changed as you go through different points mm. in life. Uh, growing up, uh, obviously massive footy fan, uh, Joey and Freddie. Yes, yeah, my heroes. I, I I can just remember going to uh, to training to footy training, and you know Joey just it, just when he brought in the banana kicks, everyone's trying to do the banana kick and whatnot, and then you're trying to do the left foot step, Freddie's left foot step, um, just trying to practice that uh, and then do it on the field. So they were, you know, two guys, you know, from footy perspective, you know, looked up to massively, and very fortunate now to meet you know meet these guys. And when you first meet them, when yeah. you're coming through. You know, absolutely starstruck. Do you remember that moment? Do you remember that first moment of meeting them? Yeah, um, it was when I was quite young and obviously, you know, the commentators and, and interviewed me and whatnot, which was, yeah, um, yeah pretty cool. And then uh, fortunate enough to, for Freddie to coach us in the city country. Um, you know, I can't remember what year, but, yeah, and that was yeah pretty cool uh, to be able to do that and spend a, spend a bit of time with him and pick, you know, the brain of two of the probably smartest footy brains uh, in the game. Um, so, yeah, definitely those those two guys, I think, when I started uh, growing up and coming through probably high school and then and playing, um, you know, and still not that, that this has changed, but my parents definitely my heroes. I think you appreciate how many sacrifices they make, you know, once you do make it. You look back and think, I don't, I wouldn't have been, you know, made my debut at 17 or have played uh, if it wasn't for the efforts and sacrifices, taking a training, all the things they put aside themselves to uh, not only myself, but my sisters as well, like literally were constantly on the go, mm. um, sporting all these things. So I definitely think, you know, they were and, and continue to be, you know, and show now probably how to be a parent and, to, and now that I'm a parent. Um, so definitely them. And um, got an out there one, which I heard, uh, I think it might have been like an awards presentation. I'm re- after reading the um, book Green Lights, Matthew McConaughey, I saw mm. him um, receive an award and he talked about who his hero was and he spoke about his hero being himself in 10 years yeah, and then in yeah. 10 years. And now I suppose being out of footy where, you know, when you're in footy and you're in sport, you focus on sport. It's like, well, who, who am I trying to be and what am I trying to be? I think now that really resonated with me. Is like, well, who's the type of person I want to be in 10 years and, you know, what do I want to try and achieve in 10 years with the business or anything I'm, I'm trying to um, do now that I don't I probably have that goal of professional sport. Uh, so I think that's where a lot of the, the actions and, and the behaviours I try to take is like, well, how am I trying to impress or how am I trying to look up to this person I want to be? Uh, which is it's just it's a different way of looking at it, but I, I found that's really helped me. Yeah. Can I ask you about your parents? Because I've got young kids myself and everyone thinks that their kid's going to be the next whatever. Yeah. What kind of sporting parents were your parents? Were they pushy? Were they forceful? Were they just the type of parents that allowed you to, to have fun? What kind of parents did you have? I think there was probably a shift. My mum was always just, you know, you do what you, if you have fun and, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of mums um, are like that. My dad was really hard on me early and I think that was, again, from memory, might have been under 12s. I think I got a head clash in a game and he was into me on the side, one of those parents into me on the sideline uh, about getting back online. I think it might have been a state rep trial or something mm. like that. And then I was concussed and uh, anyway, I think, yeah, got knocked out the next um, tackle 
And I just, you know, when you get concussed, you sort of come to. And I just remember being in the ambulance and then it's my mum getting into him. See, I told you he was injured. And, <laughs> yeah. and it's sort of like, oh, whoops, he was actually injured. And then um, probably from there on, he sort of took a backward step. Um, and I'd always, like, how did I, you know, how, how did I go? How did you think I played? Chasing and feedback. About. Yeah, just like tell me. Like, because he used to tell me and goes, yeah, that was really good. But no, nah, you got to be, you know, I, was, I came through as a fullback. He goes, you got to catch a ball in the full. You can't yeah. let it bounce. Like you used to, you know, do it all the time. Um, so probably a bit less, maybe as well. Like uh, when I came through the junior, uh, juniors, um, my club coach was my also my uncle who, who played for uh, West back in the day, uh, and as well as Who's that? Uh, uh, Marshall Rogers. Okay. So yeah, passed away with a heart attack about um, probably wow. twelve years ago. Now there's a golf day um, raising money to that they do each year to put a kid mm. through St. Greg's, a scholarship to oh, St. Yeah. Greg's nice. through the family, right through Lindell and yep. so Lindell's... Um, yeah, yeah, Lindell yeah, so Lindell's yeah, yeah. so um, dad. And oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, so that he he was really good. So maybe the fact that he was coaching me, my dad sort of thought it was okay to, I suppose, step back a bit. Um, but, yeah, he was always there even when I played, um, uh, you know, and as I started coming through to, to play, obviously, in the Europe footy and then and in the first grade, first one I'd go to and, you know, ask how I went and... He sort of got a gauge of, you know, how I was feeling after the game, depending on how honest he was going to be with yeah. me. If he knew I'd had, like, you know, you know when you've had a bad game, you don't need someone to rub it in. So yes. he would just, like, give me a day or two before he probably gave me a proper response. But, um, yeah, I think he was one of those real strict, tough dads. Uh, and then, but as I sort of got older, probably uh, eased off a bit. But to be honest, I it was awesome because I, like, I think he was honest and, again, you probably see a, a lot in... And I'm trying to. I'm going through it now with a six-year-old six mm. daughter. Where you're like, yeah, you want to be encouraging, but you got to be tough. Like yep. if you're not good at something, yes. you know, you, yep. you, you, there's balance between confidence and well, you know, every kid doesn't get a ribbon. Like you got to, yes. yeah. you know. Exactly. So where, and then so I'm going through it at the moment. So it's really good reflecting on sort of how I came through. We talk about hardships sometimes, and I look at your career, and I've followed you since you know since you debuted. Uh, for some reason, mate, with the speed you had, I like following the quick games in and around um, you know footy, and uh, yeah, top end speed, unbelievable. I reckon eleven one or something. But um, the thing I, I want to ask about you is like uh, yeah, two real major injuries. One when you did your hip, and I know that's hard to come from as a sprinter and athlete. That's mm. that's so hard to come back from. But you came back from that, but then you fractured fractured your face, mm. and and. I, can I tell you, when I saw that, you don't want that to happen to anyone because it happened to Richie Barnett. I had clashed with him and Richie Barnett actually died for 15 seconds on the table because of the blood that, mm. like, he couldn't breathe. What was that like? Yeah, so the I, I go to the face run first. That was definitely, um, yeah, hip, it, it was um, hard in a different sense. So the facial one was probably the, the most difficult. Um, hip was more painful at the time, but, um, again, uh, when I did my face, it was a head clash. And, again, at the time, so we were in New Zealand, uh, two days before a trial, so it wasn't even a game. Yeah. And it was Madge's first year, so Madge's oh, pre-season famous. Yeah. And the first thing, you know, when you get injured, you have all these thoughts like literally split second. Mm. I'm like, oh, you're kidding. I'm, I've done three months of just getting towed up two days before. And I, you yep. know you, you're gone for a while. Yeah. I thought it might have just been my jaw and then your face and then you just feel – I just felt my face caving in. Oh. Um, and, then, and then you sort of look up and you see the reactions of the players and then it was – you're like, okay, this is pretty serious. And then – I was sitting there and uh, the the physio, I was in pain trying to say, you know, the, to the physio, get some, the green whistle or some morphine and the physio, oh, you know, ambulance will be here in 10 minutes, oh, five minutes. And then eventually he said, um, I'm going to be completely honest with you, mate. I've done a, like, apparently there's an ambulance strike. You could be here for a couple of hours. Oh, 
So no your face way. is like so I'm just like okay, and and then I remember there was a, a moment where I panicked a little bit because you can't breathe. All the blood rushes yeah. through, and you you can't breathe through your nose, and you start to choke. And then it was like a realization: it's like if if I like I, no one can help me if yeah. I, if I stop breathing and yeah. I choke, there's not there's no one here to help me. So I had to like really calm myself down. I had Ronnie Palmer. I sat on the ground. I was literally like leaning on Ronnie Palmer's back and um, just wow. just focusing on getting one breath at a time. And sort of got through that. And um, it, it was yeah, just weird how things happened. A, bit, a few days earlier, I had caught up with the guy um, who a lot of the boys had done some work with, um, who did some breathing techniques, um, mm. a lot of ice baths and breathing techniques in stressful situations. Had worked with the All Blacks. We caught up with him and did a session, and he talked about like nasal breathing techniques. Mm. And literally in that moment, I just sort of went into, oh, I've got to, this is the way to calm myself down. Wow. And yeah, I got through that period. So as a side note, that was, he sort of spoke about that, that calm my body down that uh, I didn't sort of go into shock or, you know, start oh, yeah. to try to choke. But that was probably the hardest thing um, in terms of the actual injury. But then the recovery was, that, that was different because it was so different from an unusual yep. footy recovery. It was no time frame. Yeah. It wasn't told, uh, you know, you're going to be back in this period or whether you're going to come back at all. And Probably the hardest thing was more the mental side of things, like physical. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. the first week was really painful. Then, um, probably you know after that, it was you couldn't eat for a while. You're very isolated, and uh, yeah, you're just basically sitting at home and uh, it, with an injury that you know and uh, getting on in my uh, career off contract and all you know all these things. Basically, yeah. we just you had to deal with. Uh, oh, yeah. You had an incredible debut, a fairy tale debut season. What would be the highlight of your career? Uh, highlight, you're, you can't get past your first game. I think everyone says their debut game, and I was fortunate enough to play, you know, get a try in a win, Suncourt Stadium. So you remember that. We unfortunately never won um, a comp, we, you know, a prelim in a semi. It was probably a period in 2010-11 where we had the score to do it. You did, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and we just, you know, you need everything going your way. A few things didn't go your way and a few opportunities we, we just didn't take. But then I, I suppose personally for me would have been 2011, so the year I dislocated my hip. Probably got written out, but came back and then played all five uh, games in the Four Nations Tour for Australia and uh, played in the Four Nations final with uh, Darren Lockyer's last game. So <laughs> that's probably my highlight. Number one, obviously, any time you play for Australia, you get to win the Four Nations. But for me, the hard work I had to do to get back from an injury where people wrote me off and then that was probably the, the uh, yeah, very satisfying moment for me. Mate, yeah, so you've always played like rep football, ever, always through your juniors. Like the sky blue jersey, like that's something like you're part of the kangaroos, but, you know, a lot of players have missed out on a Queensland jersey or a New South Wales jersey. Um, does that haunt you that you, you never got to play for New South Wales? You are obviously in the mix a, a few times and they went a different direction or you were injured at some stage. Does that haunt you? Because state of origin, it's the yeah. ultimate beast, isn't it? Yeah. I, I wouldn't say haunt me. I definitely would have loved to. And it's like one of those things like I wish I could have done that. And then it's like, well, mm. if you did that, what else changes, you know? And I looked at um, the time in 2010 was probably my best opportunity when I was, you know, fit and that was, I was 18th man and yep. uh, they went with some of, um, they were both Scott and Tamara Tau, the you know, me That's and right, yeah. they didn't pick me or Michael Jennings. We were probably up there to, to get the spot. They went with the uh, older guys, more defensive mm. centers. Uh, and then 2011, I was out with my hip injury. Mm. Uh, the time 2012 came, uh, I was out with the, with the minor hamstring train and then, you know, I suffered an ankle. So I had two or three years where uh, injuries and then, you, you sort of just fall out off the picking order, you know, you, and you have that window of opportunity. We've got to take that. When I made my debut, I, that's what I, I got the opportunity. I took it. Um, you know, I just didn't unfortunately take that opportunity or, you know, I suppose uh, it wasn't good enough in 2010 to, to, to make the side and uh, the next couple of years um, injury played a part. 
you set up an RTO while you're playing and then it's gone into the business after after footy. What what sort of lessons can you tell the current, you know, players to now about preparing for life after footy? I think you can prepare as much as you want, but there's going to be an, an element of a shock to the mm. system, you know, whether it's knowing what you want to do with career, um, you know, whether it's financially set up, whether it's, you know, a family and friends and support system, you're going to have an element, you know, you guys would obviously yep. all understand that in, in that the more you can tick in the box and try to be prepared in each of the areas, the less of a hit it's going to be. Because mm. if you don't look after any of those areas, it's such a shock. You know, yeah. like for, for me, I think, yeah, particularly with the, the career side of things, I had a business to focus on. I'm like, yeah, I want to, you know, build this business. And now it's an opportunity for me to grow something that, you know, I can leave a legacy with. And, and it can be something that is not only my long-term career, can hopefully set me up, you know, financially for the rest of my life as well. But still really a shock to the system where you go from being, you know, in a squad of 30 guys every day. Yeah. I went from school where a boys' school, mates every day, straight into 15 years of 30 guys, mates every day. Then it was in COVID, so three months in a little office where I was on Zoom and I'm working my business. And then, mm. so I just felt that isolation of being away from a team mm. environment. I struggled with that a lot. Yep. Yeah. Um, so again, everyone struggles with their different things. For me, it was losing that connection to being part of something. You know, as uh, we've had sort of our, our team with the business grow a bit more, it's good to get that back a bit, but it's really hard to replace, you know, that team environment that you do get. Well, have you got one or two business partners? Because I met them through um, the veterans and uh, through Swiss 8. So when I was yeah. supporting my mates who have, you know, been to war on that, but they, they said, oh, mate, we're, we're partners with Chris Lawrence. I said, really? I, I didn't even know because no one knows what you're doing behind the scenes. But as soon as I knew that, I just said to the boys, I said, mate, this is what Chris Lawrence is doing behind the scenes. So you got one or two business partners yeah, as well? Yeah, you've got uh, one business partner and we've yeah. now got another equity shareholder in, in, in the business yeah. world to, to help it to grow. And my business partner, Leon, we went to school together at St. Greg's. Yeah, so, that's right. That's how come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So we, we we were sort of really fortunate. He he was, again, the story of so many athletes. So came through the system, signed a contract at 15 years of age, mm. played, you know, the under-19s, under-21s, reserve grade for a number of years and just never took that next level. And was like, I've got a 23, I've got to find that next sort of stage and struggle with his own journey. Like, because again, even for, you know, athletes at that age, they still got to transition out of yeah. you know, their, their dream as well. And then fortunate enough, we sort of came together and had an opportunity that we saw we could make an impact, you know, with athletes. And he saw the, the hardships he went through and that he was a driver of a lot of the athlete education programs when we first started. Chris, just for those Tigers fans listening, I mean, what, what can they cling on to for these next few years? Well, it's just obviously a, a work in progress under Benji. What's something that they should be looking forward to? Something whether it's Jerome Buller or, yeah. or the likes, who they should be looking I think for? probably two things. The fact that um, there's obviously been, you know, it's been a tough time for quite a number of years and I think a line's been drawn in the sand that we need to start the structure to give the team the opportunity to be successful in the environment. And, that, and you need the environment to be successful, otherwise it's just a band-aid to put over it. And then probably the second thing, it it is the, the best crop of juniors I've ever seen at, yep. the, at the top at the yeah. club. Like big it, cool. it, bigger than when Benji, Robbie, Dean Hallatow full oh, came through. Five, yeah. You know, you had myself, Tim Oltz and Blake Ashford, you know, guy, guys around our sort of time. 2006, you guys came in, didn't you, yeah, after the grand final? Yeah, so, you know, every couple of years, you know, we are a development club and you always had two or three in the crop that would then replace in the top 17. And then we've had a gap of 10 years where no one's come and replaced. We've either haven't developed properly or lost the really good juniors. And we've got a crop of juniors that have won competitions on the way through, which, you know, we haven't done in a long time. And again, we're not going to be able to keep all of them. Like, you know, yeah. there's only a certain amount we're going to keep, but the awareness is there to go, we need to have these guys developing and coming through. So the challenge is going to be making sure when they come in the system, you know, the senior players, which is, I mean, the senior players at the club now, you know, your Clemmers, 
um, you know, yep. John Bateman to Appies. Mm. They've got probably the biggest job of any t- Tigers player in history because they've got to set the, the standard for these young guys coming through because mm. they're going to be the next yep. 15 years. How they prepare and how they uh, carry themselves as a player is going to be a reflection of the day-to-day, the behind-the-scenes stuff that these guys do. Well, we love our podcast. Your sister, she runs a podcast here with Woodsy. You know, Woodsy, he can get a job. That guy can get a job anyway. It's in like but, water. Yeah, but, did, he, uh, did he get a 12-day gig in Vegas? Oh, yeah, he did. Mate, that's what I mean. Mate, him and Bo Ryan can get anywhere, but you must be really proud of, like, you know, your family name. But she comes in here. She's a bit of a star here. Everyone loves her. Channel 9, she does a W, uh, you know, the Women's Rugby yeah. League as well. But also what she's doing is on the back of a passion for rugby league because of you and your dad. You must be pretty proud. Oh, yeah, definitely. Everyone asks me all the time that, about, obviously, her work ethic and you know, she probably gave up quite a lucrative corporate job to then go, you know, did a good degree, had a really good job and then went and started at the bottom at Fox Sports and, yeah. and writing news stories and whatnot because she had to love it. So, you know, it, it wasn't for, I suppose, any, like financial gain or anything like She went into this industry for the love of it and she loved sport. Like she would choose to volunteer as a, you know, six, seven-year-old to come and watch me play junior wow. sport. Like, so she loved, she watched me, you know, it wasn't like she just you know, started watching footy as she got older. She would watch all of my games as a six-year-old, you know, as mm. I came through, come to all my grand finals. Can't say I went to all the netball games. Um, <laughs> and your other sister, she, yeah. Yeah, she's a star too. But, so she just loves sport. So mm. it's just that love of sport. And I think you can see that with everything she does, whether it's, you know, on TV or the radio. Yeah. She can sit and so many times if there's something happening in sport, she'll call me, whether it's on the way here or whatnot, and just talk about it and just loves more than anyone I've probably ever met, just loves sport. Appreciate you taking time on the 3H's podcast. Chris Lawrence. Thanks for having me. Awesome, mate. Legend. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Weekdays from four on Triple M.